My guest today on the Resonate podcast is Phoebe Leona. Phoebe is an author, dancer, yoga teacher and guide who helps people feel more embodied through somatic movement and expanded awareness practices to become more empowered in who they are, who they are becoming and have a greater sense of belonging. Phoebe has been a teacher and guide for over 20 years, but it was after a year of extreme loss that she found herself in the vast open space in between her old life and a new life. And that is when she set up her company, Nomad, to help others through their own transitions and spaces in between. Welcome, Phoebe. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so pleased that you've been able to come on my podcast in its new iteration, the Resonate podcast. Um, I would love for you to talk a little bit about some of um, what you did with your podcast, because this could be a way to to let everybody know that it's okay to tune in word to decide what you're going to do at different times and not just think we need to, you know, keep going with things we start. So tell us a little bit about your podcast first and what happened there. Mm, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here, Aideen. Um, so I started a podcast, I think it was in 2018, and it was called The Space In Between. It's still out there, out in the the ether of podcast land. Um, and I had this intention of it because I was previously that spring, I think I started in the fall, that spring I had been invited to do a TEDx. And I did not know what I was going to do with my TEDx. And actually, this is a perfect for, you know, where you are, you're all about talking about speaking your truth and speaking with intention and and what resonates with you and, and really stepping into the power of your story. And so when I was invited to do this TEDx, um, I was actually somewhat scared to tell my story, but I knew that I was being called to tell my story. My story is um, of being raised by my father who was a Vietnam vet who dealt with severe PTSD. And that really affected my childhood and brought trauma to my own experience. And so I wanted to share a little bit of the story, the healing that happened when he passed away and how it really invited me into stepping into my own story and owning my power and inviting the person watching the, the TEDx and in and, and the audience to, to invite them into their own role as whatever it is that they're, they're being called into. And so when I finished the TEDx, I as a performer, as a dancer, I always, you know, you probably resonate this with as a singer, like I would feel this high of performing and thinking, ah, there's such this level of expansion. And then after there's that low of like, okay, because then it's like, you want that all the time to a certain extent. And you went to the space of expansion and you don't know what to do with it. So I said, you know, there was so much power and healing in telling my story and being on stage. And I danced with my, in my TEDx as well. And it was like a feeling of coming home. And I thought, wow, if I could provide that space for other people to share their stories of their spaces in between their transitional times, those times that look like heartbreak, that look like fear of stepping into the unknown, whatever it might be for them, whatever space in between meant for them. And I wanted to create you know, a, a safe place for them to share that. So that's where I started the podcast back then. And it was really beautiful. We had a lot of beautiful people that I knew who were already in my life. Um, they were my guests. I would do a little bit of Dharma talks as well. And 
I would also just randomly meet people. Like whenever I travel, I bring kind of my little setup and, and I would say, Hey, can, you know, you're really interesting. Can we sit down and have a chat? And I would just record it and I'd put it out on the, on the podcast. So that was probably the first year or two of the space in between. And then we came into the pandemic and we weren't able to be with people because that was my, actually my only rule was that we had to be sitting together in the same room. And then here's the pandemic. And I was like, ah, <laughs> my only rule is done. And so what do we do? So I still felt that there was a need to, to share. And we had the, you know, the beauty of zoom. So we just went and brought it to zoom. But there was something that was shifting, and I think it was more of my own internal shift and figuring, okay, I'm in my own space in between, and I'm going to communicate that with my listeners, but I also am having a hard time communicating because I just really need to look at it. So I took a break. I took a couple of breaks because I just needed to be witness of my own inner journey of the space in between during that time. And I came back, and we did a you know probably a season and it just didn't feel like it was clicking like it had been. That magic was a, a kind of gone. Mm -hmm. um, so I took another break. <laughs> and then I came back this this earlier this year because I had my own book. That was my story in, you know, 300, page, 300 pages this time. And I felt like, let's have conversations around this book, you know, how we deal with our own emotions, those, especially the shadow emotions like fear and anger and guilt and shame. And I love to just have conversations with other people who, you know, dance with those emotions um, or bring them out into the light if they haven't really been public with how they voice that. Mm -hmm. So that those were the conversations earlier this year. And then I thought, okay, I need another break again. So... I just allow it to ebb and flow and, you know, it kind of goes against the grain of, you know, what they say in the business world is like, be consistent. Um, but I really needed to, you know, and I, I think you resonate with this because your intuitive voice coach is like, I had to go with my intuition. I didn't want to yeah. keep forcing the conversations that didn't, that weren't flowing for me as the facilitator of the space. Yeah, sure. I mean, so. there's so much you've said in, in, in what you've just said. I just, I like, I could keep talking to you for hours about some of the things that you've mentioned. <laughs> um, that idea of expansion and mm -hmm. retraction as well. I think that, you know, in the business world, especially like if you work in sales, they're like, oh, you've got need to increase your sales by 10% this year, 10% next year, 10%. Like there's this idea that everything is in a constant expansion. And I know the universe apparently is in a constant expansion, but the mm -hmm. reality is um, if we look at nature, we see everything in cycles. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that you submitted and surrendered to that, that feeling of change. Mm -hmm. That's not always easy. Did it, did it feel mm -hmm. like, did it feel tricky to you at the time? You know, I talk a lot about this and a lot of my teaching in my book too, is that I'm, I'm dear friends with chaos <laughs> 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 and chaos is, I think of chaos as that, what you just described of like that expansion and then contraction. It's, you know, there are times that there's just so much what we say in, in Sanskrit and yoga, like vrittis, like the fluctuations of the mind and life. And that's like, that's expansive state, but it can also look like chaos as, you know, and not in the best way, shape or form, you know, just like a lot of noise. Um, so I, you know, I've embraced 
that that ebb and flow of what chaos is. And so, yes, it does feel uncomfortable, but then I'm like, ah, here we are again. Um, and a lot of the work that I do in my in my embodiment practice, Movement 109, and, and the teaching that I do is really to how to feel, first of all, safe in your body, feel safe in your environment, so that when we go into those spaces of expansion or what feels like the anxiety of chaos, um, that we can have these tools to ground ourselves and say, okay, I am stepping into this space that doesn't feel familiar, doesn't feel comfortable. There is a mass amount of change in my life, but I know that this is safe. My body, my body's safe. My people around me are safe, you know, and, and kind of identify that to take the next step into the unknown and then the next step and then the next step. Mm, for sure. Cause it's a, there is a need to feel somewhat safe in order to change anything because the, that feeling of mm -hmm. I can count on myself or I can count on where I live or that's the root chakra energy, right? Mm -hmm. And once that is a little shaken, it needs a little bit of reestablishment and something has to kind of come back into mm -hmm. that air, that part of our lives, that feeling of, you know, it's, I, I'm, it's safe for me to be here. That was one of my mantras for a long time. You know, my affirmations, mm -hmm. you know, I'm safe mm -hmm. all is well. It's safe for me to be here because in so many ways it can feel unsafe, but if you pare it down and you look at it more carefully, you can find like that safety in your own body, but not everybody can feel that, right? What do you think the challenges yeah. for most people are around that about just like, I'm here, this is my body and I'm safe here. Like what, what blocks yeah. us from feeling that? So much. I mean, one, we were conditioned not to be in our bodies from, you know, from a very early age, especially with our emotions. When emotions come up, we were taught to clamp down on them and not feel anger because it's not appropriate or not cry because you know you don't wanna look like a wimp or whatever that story is. So first of all, you, you kind of ignore those emotions that are manifesting in your body. So we just sort of live up in the brain and let the body do whatever it is, illness, injury, all of those are just messengers of trying to say, hey, pay attention to me. And if we don't, if we're not, if we're conditioned to not feel that, then those messages get louder and louder until we do listen. So that's one reason is that we're just conditioned to not connect to our body. The second is if we had some sort of level of physical trauma, that could be sexual trauma, that could be in a, in a car accident, whatever it might be, we have dissociated from our body, right? We no longer feel that the body is safe because it was violated or abused in some way. So when what happens is when we experience trauma, um, our, our brain actually takes us offline, right? The hippocampus like takes us offline and says, it's not safe to be here. And so then when we come back into a homeostasis, um, those memories of that moment are fragmented. And so what happens in life is if we have any sort of little trigger of that memory, we may not consciously realize it, but then our brain goes again, hey, we're not safe. And so it mm -hmm. takes you into a hyper or a hypo arousal state. And so that hypo arousal state is like the numbness, the shock, the not feeling your body. But the hyper arousal state might be like, 
anxiety. It might be like that really high fluctuation of energy. And so you just don't like feel like your body is a safe place to be. You'd like want to leave and flee in, in your environment or your body and kind of numb it or something with alcohol or drugs. So there's a, there's a lot. It's, as you can see, I, well, something that I have you're, explored. <laughs> for sure. And I'm so glad you have, because how can we truly express ourselves if we can't come back to ourselves in that way? Yeah. You know, yeah. how can we, you know, yeah. find that thing that we're passionate about or find that thing that we want to express in the world? This is like foundation level. I'd like to express myself, but you know, I can't be with myself and that has to yeah. heal somehow. And so what's, what, what are the steps? Like, how do you, how do you start processing mm -hmm. any of that? I mean, first, the first step to anything is awareness is a transformation, right? Just being aware that, oh, I don't feel safe in my body or, oh, I don't feel safe in this relationship or situation or whatever it might be to just to first identify it. And then pause and really become that witness of, of being with whatever that does feel uncomfortable and then saying, okay, well, what do I need? The next question is, is okay, what do I need to feel safe again? Maybe it is talk therapy. Maybe it is doing some sort of somatic movement practice. Maybe it is working with someone like you to, you know, speak into my truth and, you know, feel power through my voice kind of look at like what it is that doesn't feel safe and comfortable and then say not to go to the full extreme because that might be like too disorienting but just say okay well what can I feel safe in this moment right now do I need a person that I trust do I need a home that feels warm and cozy so that outside world right it's like you have to define what that is for you and then you do it, right? You take that leap and you, you lean into that and trust it. And then you'll build that strength over time. And then you'll be able to go outside, you know, that comfort zone will start to expand, right? You'll step a little bit outside of the comfort zone and then you'll see, oh, this is fine, right? This is actually now you've expanded your comfort zone. And then you step out a little bit more and a little bit more as opposed to like going all the way to the space of expansion Right. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so far out here and I have no like I'm I don't know what I'm doing. I'm dangling around in space and time. And it's like you don't feel safe out there. So you go and you contract completely into that little ball. So it's it's like testing your limits, testing your edge, knowing your boundaries, setting up clear boundaries for yourself so that you can continue to inch your way out. Um, I kind of I've been sitting with this idea of spiritual awakening and how we're all really waking up. I think the pandemic was a huge trigger for a lot of us and we're all having a spiritual awakening collectively. Some are a little bit ahead of others. Some are just like, what the hell's happening here? <laughs> right. Um, we're kind of all over the place on, on, on the system, you know, on the, like on the scale of it. Um, but we're all having a collective spiritual awakening and, what I feel is really important for people like you and me who are facilitating, who are like maybe just a couple steps ahead of the person that we're helping. It's like not to take them so far away from their center that they can't handle it. And because a lot of what I'm reading right now in this beautiful book is like 
psychosis, like schizophrenia and psychotic episodes look a lot like spiritual awakening. And so if you're having this expansive state of being, like an altered state of consciousness, um, and you're not integrated, you don't feel safe, then it can, you know, become fragmented and become a psychotic experience. It's really mm. fascinating. I know. That is. And sense like, if, uh, I know myself, I went from being in London for an, um, about a year or two and not doing well over there, but being very mm-hmm. um, stubborn about that I should be there, even though I wasn't earning enough money, even though I hated my boss, even though I was only part working part time, mm-hmm. even though I was living on a friend's floor, almost all those things. And my dad came to, to London and, and gave, handed me these letters saying from my family, we're worried about you. Mm-hmm. And when I came home to Ireland, I moved back in with my mom and I didn't leave the house for six months except to go to mm-hmm. mass. <laughs> and then I found meditation. I found, found mantra meditation. I think my mother would have preferred if I stuck with mass. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I found my way, you know, and um, mm-hmm. but the, it's like that when you when you have to look at what you are doing and you realize it's not working. Mm-hmm. It's not working. And the, I, the things that I want that I think I should be moving toward, maybe they're not what I should be moving toward. Maybe I don't know mm-hmm. what I need. Maybe I'm not choosing my right next step. And for me, it was it came a lot down to not being fully um, accepting of of exactly where I was because I was always trying to be uh, two or three steps ahead of where I was. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really dealing with what was really right there. And I had to surrender and I had to take all of those goals out and I, I, I stopped dreaming, mm-hmm. but that was a good thing for me because I was so much in my, my dream of the future that I wasn't being in my body and mm-hmm. I wasn't being in my reality. And from choosing to be where I was from being, okay, what's the most simple thing I could do with my life? What, what can I do from my little hometown? What can I do on my little laptop from here? Mm-hmm. And where is there a start your own business course, like down the street, you know, that and mm-hmm. where can I get support from the government if I'm not working? All of those simple things that were of the moment helped me to gain that feeling of, yeah, I can, I can be here, like, and I can be happy here yeah. and not be dreaming and not be looking so far ahead. So there's... I think so many of us go through, if it's not a phase that for a period of time, it can be this, some people are feeling it constantly, this constant uh, self uh, kind of uh, questioning. Uh, Should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? Am I doing the right thing? How do you develop that trust in those choices? Like how, what Mm. do you say to people? Like, you'll know it's the right thing if... Mm. Oh, that's a hard question. (laughs) Honestly, because I'm still learning it for myself. And I think it is. I think it is a very personal experience of how do you trust your intuition? Um, It's under it's first understanding what your body is saying to you, right? Like sitting, sitting here right now, I'm speaking to you. My body feels really relaxed. I feel that my voice is strong and powerful as I'm speaking these words. I'm not questioning it. I don't have like an inner dialogue. I'm just like super present with you. So that right now for me feels like truth, 
right? Now, if I go out and I get on another podcast after this and the person and I are not resonating and maybe he, he or she's kind of like questioning me in a way that I feel like they're attacking me, then my body is going to feel contracted. I'm going to start to be like sweating a little bit and I'm going to start to say, what the hell? Why did I say yes to this person? Like, I, you know, and I'm going to start to feel different. And so for me, it's really being the observer of, okay, how do I feel in those safe and comfortable positions? How do I feel when I'm not right? And just first of all, knowing what your, what your truth is, right? What does that feel in your body? Just doing the day-to-day things. And when you're slightly outside of it, and then it's like those bigger choices, those bigger decisions to make, you can start to listen. And just like what I often say to my students is ask a really simple, like, yes, no, or like one word, you know, a question with that would receive a yes or no, or like one word statement. Right. And if you ask that question and you feel that, yes, like it just lands in your body and you decide what lands in your body is, that's it. If it, or if it says no, or if it says that one word, but if it starts to go in the head and it's like, well, but da, 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 and these are the pros and these are the cons and da, 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 da. It's like, you don't know yet. You don't know yet. And it's okay. Right. Those are the vrittis. Those are the fluctuations of the mind. And it's because it hasn't landed in your your nervous system yet it hasn't landed in your body yet and that's okay that your intuition doesn't know yet you need more data right mm-hmm. i always talk i always talk to my girlfriends cuz i'm single and mm-hmm. i do the bumble thing <laughs> and i'm always like well you know i'm just collecting data like i'm just swiping right or swiping left and i'm asking these questions and i have no attachment to it but i'm just collecting data and it's not the data from that person like i'm asking the questions i'm actually collecting the data of like oh when i look at this person i read his his profile or when i have these conversations how does my body feel yeah like how am i responding to that am i getting like super anxious and excited because i used to feel that that was like, oh, it's love, it's passion. It's, and I was like, no, that's actually anxiety, Phoebe. That's an old pattern that you feel like, ah, yeah, you know, that chaos that's not going to bring you any sort of constant stability, safety. And so, yeah, it's all about collecting data. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. Um, because I, one thing, I'm, I'm just going to share this to our listeners. When I was learning to trust myself um, someone suggested that I practice using it in a restaurant when I looked at a menu Mm. Um, and so I would I would scan the menu and instead of reading it specifically I would read the the headings say okay starters main course whatever and I one of them Mm. would usually I would get a like a hmm I'm kind of interested in that there'd be a bit more curiosity or something and then I would scan the things and I and actually try not to read it too carefully like I would just go and I'd go down and I'd see if I got a little bit of an energetic hmm by just my my energy field noticing what was on that menu and Mm. um sometimes I second guess myself obviously but I was getting so good at choosing things I would that I'd be really happy with you know the way sometimes mm-hmm. you when you're when you're ordering and you're like oh I wish I'd ordered something else that just wasn't <laughs> happening to me anymore. I was actually picking yeah. 
So, and I think you can use it as well for pay, buying clothes. I'm like, I always second guess, oh, I need a new sweater. Da, 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 I'm not sure. And I, I'm fussy. I don't want the fit to be wrong. Da, da, da. So now <laughs> I'm going to try. I have to remind myself these things. I try to go, okay, is it like calling to me? Is there a yes, like a real yes here? Because mm. if it's a maybe, I'm not sure I should bother spending the money you know mm-hmm. um so that's my little take on if anybody's trying to figure this out for themselves and want something simple to practice on yeah okay well i love that and i was kind of thinking about like when i order when i order food at a restaurant and read the menu if i don't know it um that's really i kind of i feel like i do something similar but i didn't really consciously say that um but have you also noticed for me, sometimes, like, I sort of self-sabotage, like, like, I'll choose something that I know I don't want, but I'll still go for it. Like, oh, you should just try it and go outside of your box. And then it's like, I really didn't want that. And I really want what my person, the other person got. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a conversation to look at, too. Like, why did you do that? Why are you not going to enjoy this meal now? Anyways. Absolutely. Something. Because that that's the feedback, yeah. right? So we make, yeah. we ha- we're trying to trust ourselves and we're trying to make these choices and figure out what is really true for us. And then yeah. we'll test it in different ways and we'll make the decision for different reasons sometimes. But the feedback is what tells us th- that was the right approach mm-hmm. to take or not. So yeah. that's why I try not to think, overthink it. I'll just go with that, that, that curious yeah. feeling. Um, and if I think when we start thinking and that's the brain kind of kicking in and it just, mm-hmm. it, it's that left, right brain, you know, analysis. Um, yeah. so there's there, that's just feedback and it's good to get yeah. feedback and it's good to test it to, to know for next time and like not to be kind of, you know, hard on ourselves in those times. Mm-hmm. And I, that's how I feel, you know, things changed for me when I started meditating because I started to trust myself again in small ways and very small ways like just simple things um and i didn't i didn't know that i didn't feel like i needed to know um Mm. and i didn't expect myself to know no and the way i had Mm -hmm. done i had kind of presumed i know i knew what i wanted now i'm like i don't really know like so it makes it easier for me, you know, we've moved like in the last two years to Michigan, my husband and I, and we may be moving again next year. And I keep reminding myself, I don't actually know necessarily where we're meant to be. Mm-hmm. So I need to just trust my next small little step. And if it feels like the right step and it feels like, oh yeah, and I'm curious about that step, then I'll I'll take it, I'll take it step by step. Instead of having the right direction in life I feel like Mm -hmm. I just started taking the right next steps in life and that's Mm. paid off for me at least so it could be worth someone else you know if some of our listeners may want to consider it as an idea and we'd love to find out what what people think as well so if you watch this or listen sorry to the podcast later um let us know what what you think and get in touch with me and Phoebe we'd love to find out more yeah I would love to um I definitely resonate with that. I think sometimes if we don't, we definitely don't know what it, what is out there. I mean, we might have an idea of, but 
what has helped me in terms of trust is actually looking back and seeing those moments where I didn't know what the next step was and I did something, right? You had to do something in order to move it through time and space and to see that I was still good, like I was still safe, like even though it might have felt like a turn down the wrong, quote unquote, wrong road, I still got something out of it. I still was good. Like I still had an opportunity. I might have had an opportunity there that I didn't even know. So that helps like seeing the evidence of the past really helps me stay grounded in the present and say, you know what? I don't know where my next move is. And I'm in a similar place as you. Like I, I don't know if I'm staying here. I don't know if I'm moving back to New York. I don't know if I'm going somewhere completely different, but I'm just like, you know what? I didn't know back then either. And I was still good. So I'm just going to be good with like what you said, the next step and trust that that bigger thing out there is calling me and I don't know what it is yet. Like I hear that little voice, but I don't know where it's coming from yet. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think one thing that um, I found reassuring my mentor, um, Kaloda, who I have interviewed for my podcast previously, and she said to me, Aideen, I know you're going through big changes again, but remember when you went through all that before, you didn't have a husband, you didn't have a business, mm. you mm-hmm. didn't have the resources that you have, you didn't have all these great clients. And yeah. um, just think of like that you're in a completely different place now going through change yeah. and you're bringing all of that with you. Um, so it, sometimes when we're going through something similar again, we can feel that it's yeah. like that, that, you know, we're, the body is remembering this yeah. fear of change. But in yeah. fact, neither of us is in the same place that we were um, yeah. back then. We're completely, we've up leveled in different ways and we've yeah. gotten stronger and more understanding of others and more understanding of ourselves. So it's, it's, it's really, it, it can feel more exciting this time, you know? Mm because we've already proven once we get, we can get through those things. Yeah. I love that what you said that because you said you were feeling triggered of the past of, you know, that experience that you were in before. And this is the moment. I mean, even though that wasn't labeled probably as trauma, it was still a stressful uh, event for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So there was a micro trauma. And so our body is actually responding to that fight or flight. And so that's why it's really important to do things like embodiment practices, where it's like, right. That awareness is the transformation of going, ah, right. You recognize that like, oh, I've been here before. That is why I'm feeling what I'm feeling in my body. But then to witness, like you said, I have a husband, I have a business, I have some other cushion of stability or support or resources. And I also have some resources to take care of myself. Now I have meditation, right? You didn't have meditation back then. Now Mm -hmm. I can move my body. Now I can sing. Whatever that tool is, it's like you can use those so that you can step and elevate or transcend to that next level. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, we've kind of come to where I'd normally start winding things up, but I really don't want to wind things mm. up with you, Phoebe. And the, um, I'd love, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to, you know, I'm just trusting my instincts here. <laughs> I love it. I'm fine. Wherever you want to go, I told you I'm yours. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for trusting me with that. 
I would love to talk a little bit more about this idea of embodiment. Now, I have a lot of people listening mm. probably from Ireland and places like that, that this word embodiment, mm. it might be completely new to them. What do you mean by embodiment? Yeah. I love that you asked because I think it is also a new buzzword. The other word that I use interchangeably is somatic. And both of these are most, just the gist of it is being in your body, understanding that your body is your friend, right? Because we were saying we we're conditioned to not feel that. Um, being able to identify the sensations, the emotions, the energy, all of that is just energy, the, the energy that is in your body, making friends with it, seeing that it's a messenger, that it really just wants to be seen, heard, and felt. And then also noting, noting that you have a choice and how you want to express it or how you want to release it or how you want to manifest something new. Um, that's really the work that I, I do. And I do that primarily through movement and meditation and inquiry. Can you, but there's um, so many other ways like you. Yeah. I mean, I know this. I'd love, yeah, you can interrupt me as often as you like. I love it. <laughs> well, I was um, just saying, and you, and you teach embodiment too with your voice, right? Yeah, because we yeah. can't sing until we become very present, you know, and become present to the emotions yeah. of that we're feeling, actually, because yeah. songs are usually quite emotional. Um, do you have any, yeah. like, simple practice that someone could do at home right now that would help them with embodiment? Mm. Well, so I have this little fun acronym called it's play. And so you can do this anytime, anywhere you can play anywhere you want. And so all it is, is just simply P is for pause. So just pause what you're doing. L is for listen. Just simply take a moment, listen to, is there a sensation in my body? Is there a feeling? Is there a dialogue, right? Like is the mind going in circles or all over the place, just listening and acknowledging it. Um, a is activate. How do you want, if you're not in a desired state of being, how do you want to feel? right? As you're taking this moment of pause and listening, how do you want to feel on the other side of it? And then why is just to say a full body yes, and to give whatever energy that needs to be released or manifested or activated or expressed, you say that big yes. So if I'm in a situation where I'm, you know, driving and I have road rage and like, ah, right out of nowhere, just like pause and I'm like, I'm pausing that dialogue. I'm like, okay, I'm still driving. <laughs> I'm listening and be like, what is this really? Where's this really coming from? That guy that just cut me off, is that really, am I really going from zero to 10? Like for no apparent reason because of this one person, it's like, okay, I'm listening to what my body's feeling. I'm feeling heat. I'm feeling rage, whatever that might be. I might be feeling adrenaline because I was scared that, you know, I might, you know, get in an accident, whatever that might be. I'm listening to it. And I'm also becoming aware of the bigger dialogue of why that moment was happening, right? Of why I came into that moment. And then I'm activating, I'm like, okay, I don't want to feel that anymore. So I'm still driving. I'm still not in a place where I could like fully like ah, scream or express it. So I'm just going to take some deep breaths, right? <sighs> so I start to activate that and I'm saying a full body yes to that. So that's like kind of a little example of what you could do in that moment. Well, I think that's awesome because everybody needs that, that idea of just pausing mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. the P actually, 
if you could do that much. (laughs) Yeah, you could just stop at P, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, if you do pause, it does, like, if you, if the pause kind of implies that you're kind of tuning in a little bit as well. So I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So P-L-A-Y, pause, listen, activate, say yes. Yeah. And actually, uh, we were just said the P, like just stop at P that we started to laugh. And that's actually amazing that we've said that because when we have moments of fight or flight, like what I just, the description I just said of somebody cutting you off, what happens in our body is that chemicals, stress hormones or chemicals are being released in our body like adrenaline and cortisol. And if you ever have noticed, like when dogs get in a fight, have you ever mm-hmm. seen dogs get in a fight and then when you tear them apart, they go off and they like pee on something? <laughs> right? It's one there. Yes. Like we're always like, oh, they're marking their territory. Yes, they are. But also what they just did was they had these chemicals to keep them in that fight mode. And then they were like, okay, that's over. And they went and they released the chemicals through their urine. That's why we sweat too. So also to acknowledge when we're in those moments where we can't fully express it, those chemicals are still being flooded through our system and we have to give it an outlet. Like we have to let it out through screaming. We have to let it out by shaking out the body, whatever it might be for you, um, so that we can kind of release that story. Right. Well, that's also a good so, excuse yeah, if, go if you're in a, yeah, <laughs> and if you're in a situation with other people, you could say, Hey, I just need to use the restroom. Mm-hmm. That gives you yeah. your moment of of pee pause <laughs> or pee, use the loop. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Apologies if anyone's offended by our toilet talk. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about the ways that people can can you know connect with you, Phoebe, and mm-hmm. work with you or do embodiment work with you. What what yeah. kind of services do you offer? Mm, I love this this question because you and I had a a personal conversation about this yesterday and how we offer so much to the world because we're both so passionate about what we do. Um, The easiest way is to just go to my website, my name, phoebeleona.com, and we can work privately together, you know, working on this embodiment practice of identifying what it is that you're presently going through in your life or an actual experience in your body. Um, they usually mirror each other. They often are almost 100% mirror each other. You might just not be conscious of it. So I love um, facilitating that space with people. Um, so that's one way. And I do have a book. My book, Dear Radiant One, came out earlier this year. By the time we're, this airs, it'll be almost a year ago. Um, and that's my memoir. And it's also practices that helped me through my own healing journey. So there's that. And that's also on my website. And then there's lots of other experiences like retreats and online programs. And you just go to my website and dance around there and see what resonates with you. And and if you're still not sure how you want to work with me, but you feel connected to just send me an email, we can get on a 30 minute call and see what feels good. That's lovely. Because it is one thing to figure out what resonates within us ourselves. But then when we get I think when I started to really trust myself, then I started to connect with people Mm -hmm. differently. Like I started to know Mm -hmm. who it was I wanted say to have on the podcast or who I wanted Mm -hmm. to, you know, get support from or what, you know, massage therapist I I wanted to go to. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's really that that's part of this journey is starting to trust your choice. 
and starting to trust that, you know, maybe it is worth your time and your money to connect with someone. If that feeling is there within you, that it would be Mm -hmm. beneficial. And if if we can stop second guessing ourselves in those situations, I think we can Mm -hmm. evolve a little quicker. Yeah. And I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you because have we known each other for what, two weeks, something like (laughs) that? You know, we met in a an, a serving circle, and and it took a little time to meet. But, um, you, that is your superpower. What you just said is your superpower of being present with yourself and and trusting who to connect with. And you have for me been this angel of connecting me with really beautiful, beautiful people, including yourself. Um, so just thank you, and want to acknowledge you for that. So you're doing, oh. you're doing good work, trusting your intuition. <laughs> Thank you. I do say so myself. <laughs> and it all comes down to practicing it. It really does. If anybody's wondering, how do you do that? Yeah. You just have to practice. Is there anything else you'd like yeah. to say to the listeners before we um, wrap it up? I think just landing kind of where you just said is, you know, it's the practicing the intuition. It's echoing what we said today of being safe in who you are now in your body and your environment, your situation, and then just testing your edge and building that trust and testing that edge and continuing to practice it, continuously showing up for yourself, continuously not knowing what's out there, but know that there is something out there for you and with you. And um, yeah, just echoing what we said already. That's beautiful because I really feel that each of us has such a significant life, however Mm -hmm. insignificant it might feel to us. Um, We -hmm. are all important and we all have something. We all have something, even Mm -hmm. if it's a conversation or a smile or a note that you write to someone, we we, we all matter in different ways. Mm -hmm. And um, I just love the work you do, Phoebe, and I encourage any of our listeners to connect with you um, or to do that play um, exercise. <laughs> <laughs> now it's always going to, I'm always going to laugh now when I think of it because of the way the conversation went. Um, I love it. I love it. And, you know, mm-hmm. being fun and even that idea of being playful is something I talk mm-hmm. a lot about in my work because when we're playful, it's like um, we activate more of our mind and our hearts and we take our pressure off. We're not being as self-critical and that allows a lot of good things to happen. So, um, try the play exercise, be a little playful everyone. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the resonate podcast. Thank you so much, Phoebe, for joining me. Thank you, Aideen. Bye-bye.